The radical left is even slandering Moms for Liberty as a so-called hate group. You're a hate group. You are a hate. You hate your children. You hate everybody. You're a hate group. Can you imagine? Moms for Liberty, hate group. I'm telling you, these people are sick. But Moms for Liberty is no hate group. You are joyful warriors. You are fierce, fierce patriots. You're not the threat to America. You're the best thing that's ever happened to America. We will restore school safety. We're going to make, we're going to be very tough. These teachers are being beaten up. Children are being beaten up, too. But people are going in and just beating the hell out of our teachers, and nobody does anything about it. Thanks to Biden's heartless school closures and the radical left lie that school discipline is racist. Practically every week, there's a new video or something where it comes out about students or teachers being hit and whacked and just hurt so badly, thrown out windows. And I say, enough is enough. We have to stop it. We're going to stop it. Oh, it's going to be, they'll, they'll go after me, but we're going to stop it. And the only way you fight that kind of fire is with fire. You've got to be tough. And uh, it's right now, these are out of control youths. These are really bad, bad young people. And we're going to stop it. And we're going to stop people from going into stores and robbing the hell out of them and walking out. And the policemen are afraid to do anything because the policemen are told, you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose your pension, you're going to do everything. And they're not allowed to act. They're going to be allowed to act. We'll protect them, and they're going to be allowed to act. There's not going to be any more of that. You have cities now that they can't rent a store because people go and just take everything they want, and they walk out. Nobody does anything because everybody's afraid of — they're afraid of everything. And this is a country out of control. This is a country that's on its way to oblivion. I will completely overhaul federal standards on school discipline and juvenile justice to get violent monsters out of your children's classrooms and into reform schools or correction institutions. And that's also for their own good. In addition, I am proud to have laid out by far the most aggressive, most visionary plan to liberate our children from the Marxist lunatics and perverts who have infested our educational system. They're perverts. On day one, I will sign a new executive order to cut federal funding for any school pushing critical race theory, transgender insanity, and other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content on our children. Just last week, test scores revealed the worst student achievement levels in reading and math in almost 50 years. Think of that. The worst. Now, you have to understand, we spend two, three, four, five times more than other countries per student, more than anybody's ever seen. And by the way, I'll, I'll, it's not part of my remarks, but I'm going to make it part of you don't mind. I want to move our education system back to the States.
So it's such an important thing we're going to do. it. We, we were getting ready to start it, and then we had the COVID situation, and we had to work on that. That was a big deal. But we were getting ready to do it, but we're doing it. And uh, do you hear that, Erica? Wherever Erica may be. We're moving, uh, we're moving it back. And how could it get worse? So we spend far more per student than any other country, not even close. You look at Norway, and you look at, uh, by the way, China. You look at some of the educational systems that they have, and they're far superior, and they spend much less money. And I think the states are much more pinpointed. You can do a much better job. Uh, it's going to be, I think, a miracle what's going to happen. So we're at the bottom of almost every list. Out of 40, we're just about at 38, 39, or 40. So it's not like, gee whiz, uh, we don't want to screw up what we have. What we have is horrible. It doesn't work. We're going to move it all back to the States. We may have a little remnant just to make sure everyone's speaking English or whatever it may be. You know, a little coordination, but it'll be 1%, 2%, but it's going to be very, very little. I'd say the office space will dwindle from 100% to 1%. If you need an office at all, we can have the office. We can put them in the Oval Office with me. You're not going to need much. Uh, because I think the States will do a fantastic job. By the way, It'll be much less expensive, and we'll spend all that money on our students, and we'll bring them back, and we'll actually save money and reduce our debt, and lots of other good things can happen. But that's going to be very, very important. I hope everybody likes that, because otherwise I, I just blew it, because they didn't have that in their remarks. You know, they didn't have that in my remarks, and I just said, you know, I want to say that. And the people said, oh, I don't know if it's going to be popular. I said, I don't care. I don't care. It'd be beautiful. It'd be beautiful. No, I met people backstairs. Backstage, I met people from Iowa, from South Carolina, from so many different. And they, they all love this. They just love it. These are incredible people. They'll rule it good. They love their children. They're going to make sure it's good for their children. And I just think that that is such a total no-brainer. It'll cost us half, and you'll get more money than you ever would have gotten because the money is just squandered and wasted by the federal government at levels that nobody's ever seen before. And you'll go from number 40 or number 38 or whatever you might be, you go conceivably to the top. We're very close to it. Under my leadership, the 1619 Project, you remember that, Beauty? Climate change extremists that are destroying our country. These are extremists, remember? the. Biggest threat we have, according to Biden, is climate change, because the ocean's going to rise over the next 200 years by one-eighth of an inch. But the fact that you have five countries out there with nuclear weapons pointed at us, that's not a threat. Can you imagine? That's not a threat. He said the biggest threat is climate change. Our oceans will rise. Yeah, one-eighth of an inch over the next 200 to 300 years, meaning you have a little more beachfront property. Okay, that's the way I feel. The ridiculous 87 different genders, the left says there are out there. Think of it. And we will out. We we're going to cut it out. We're going to get it out. We are going to be pressing three basic things plus. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. We'll be back. Reading, writing, and arithmetic. I hope the fake news doesn't say I'm old-fashioned. I hope they don't say I'm old-fashioned. But we have to bring our country back. The Marxism, fascism, communism, and the radical left socialism being preached in our children's classrooms all over. I mean, all over. Beyond the classroom, our military, 
very dangerous. I ended it in the military. I ended all of the things in the military. As soon as they came, they came back, they put it all back in. They were paying people $500,000 a year to teach the military how to be woke. And I ended it all, and uh, just incredible. But radical left socialism is being preached all over the place. It's, uh, it's just terrible. And in many ways, it now resembles established religion. What they're trying to do is really imitate, but in a much more vicious fashion, and something that's so bad for our country, established religion. The Marxist left and other lunatics preaching radical ideology have become a cult with their own creeds and their own mantras and their own rituals. Instead of taking children to church, they believe in taking children to drag shows. You see what's happening? Let's not go to church today, darling. Let's go to a drag show. Instead of teaching them to say their prayers, they teach them to recite their pronouns. You know about the pronoun thing, whatever that's all about. What is that all about? For any public schools that are engaged in these militant and country-destroying practices, I will instruct the DOJ to pursue them as violators of the Establishment Clause and the Free Exercise Clause of our Constitution. To vigorously enforce yesterday's Supreme Court ruling, I will eliminate all diversity, equity, and inclusion programs across the entire federal government. And I will direct the DOJ to pursue civil rights claims against any school, corporation, or university that engages in unlawful racial discrimination. We will restore a society based on equality, liberty, and merit. We're back with the merit. Can you believe this? This happened yesterday. Merit. You get good marks, you get in. You get bad marks, you maybe have to go someplace else. Furthermore, I will implement massive funding preferences for all states and school districts that make the following revolutionary reforms in education. Abolishing teacher tenure for grades K through 12 so we can remove bad teachers. Don't we want to get rid of bad teachers? Are there any bad teachers in the room? Could you please raise your hand if you are bad? Anybody bad? I don't think we have too many in this room, I'll tell you. But we have a lot of bad teachers. And the problem is you can't get them out. You know that. We have, you have teachers that you work with that you can't get them out. You know how bad they are. We're going to get them out. Because being a teacher is like the most important thing. It's so important. It's so incredible what you do. It's so important. You have so many teachers. And, and some are so incredible and some are bad. And if they're not good, we have to get them out. Adopting merit pay so we can reward the great teachers. Implementing complete curriculum transparency so that parents have the right to see 100% of the material their children are being taught in school. Next time. And very importantly, adopting a program of universal school choice. Everybody wants school choice. At the same time, I refuse to abandon our public school systems as leftist-dominated systems. They're leftist-dominated, or, or much worse than that. You see what's going on with... And it's really the heads of unions and others that are just destroying the system. And it came out very much during COVID. 
with the decisions that were being made, and it was very, very sad to watch and very bad for our country. We must continue the noble fight that you are waging to take back school boards all across this country. And we will not be allowing the FBI and DOJ to attack you as you make your complaint to school boards, okay? I mean, they were arresting. They're arresting people that go in and want to have good education for their children, in addition to provide even more accountability. I will fight for the direct election of school principals by parents, so that if you have a lousy principal and you got some beauties out there, but if you have a bad principal who's not getting the job done, the parents will, under the Trump administration, be allowed to vote to fire that principal to select someone who will do a great job. Such a big deal. That's a big deal. You have a bad principal, it's not going to work out. This will be the ultimate form of local control and parental rights. If you would have thought that as a politician, can you believe I'm a politician? I can't get over it. I never thought I'd say that. But, you know, as a politician, that I'm always saying, I will give you back parental rights. Parental rights? You think you'd have parental rights? It's unbelievable what they do to your children, what they want to do to you. They want to take your children away from you and, in many cases, mutilate your child and not even get your approval. I will also take historic action to defeat the toxic poison of gender ideology, to restore the timeless truth that God created two genders, male and female. On day one, I will sign an executive order instructing every federal agency to cease the promotion of sex or gender transition at any age. They're not going to do it anymore. I will declare that any hospital or healthcare provider that participates in the chemical or physical mutilation of a minor youth no longer meets federal health and safety standards. They will be terminated from receiving federal funds effective immediately. And I will ask Congress, just like I did with Right to Try. You know, Right to Try has been so good. Hopefully, nobody in this room is going to need it. But uh, what we did with Right to Try, we got it through Congress, and we took care of our vets through Congress. If they can't get good treatment and service, you go out, you get the treatment, and we pay. You get it locally from a local doctor where we have all good negotiated rates, and it's made such a difference. But Biden's let that lapse. Vets were waiting three, four, five, six months even to see a doctor. They'd be online for months, and then all of a sudden it became a terminal situation. Could have been solved by a prescription, could have been solved by a minor operation. But we did, and we got one other right for the vets, and we had to get this through Congress, and I'll get what we're talking about through Congress also. Uh, we had a lot of bad people in the VA, sadists, thieves, but the sadists, and they were beating up our great Warriors who, honestly, were not in very good shape. And they were becoming elderly, and some elderly. And these were sadists that were beating the hell out of them, and we couldn't fire the people that were doing it. I got the right to fire whoever the hell I wanted. And they fired almost 9,000 sadists and thieves in the VA, and the people are so happy. We got a 92% approval rating in the VA. But I got it all through Congress. Right to try it was such a big success. We're you uh, 
you were terminally ill, they wouldn't give you a space-age drug, a drug that is showing really great signs of promise. They said, we can't do that, sir, because supposing it hurts them. They're terminally ill. They got a month to live. We can't do that because it may hurt them. But you know, the drug companies didn't want it. Politicians didn't want it. The insurance companies didn't want it. I got everybody to sign an agreement that we'll do it. You're not going to sue the government. You're not going to sue anybody. We're going to do it. The companies didn't want it because if somebody dies, they didn't want it on their record. They want to have, like, you know, something that works. I said, the ultimate is if it works when they're terminally ill. That's the ultimate. That'll look good. But we took that off. We have a separate category. And we got it signed. It was actually much more complicated than people would think. So now if a person's terminally ill, instead of going to Asia, Europe, wherever they may go, or going home to die because they have no money to go to Asia and Europe. Most of them would just go home and die. They're able to use these incredible new bio drugs and different things that are coming along the line that won't be approved for another four or five years. We cut the time period down in half, by the way. It used to be 12. Now it's four or five or six. We cut it down. That was a big thing. But they're able to use them. And people Thousands and thousands of people are living now that would have been dead, and in many cases, living totally cured, because some of this stuff really worked. I said, I told you it might be good for you, but some of it really worked. So thousands of people, we had to get that through Congress. We did. And I'll get this through Congress. I'll ask Congress to send a bill to my desk prohibiting child sexual mutilation in all 50 states. We're going to get that. Tell me a congressman, tell me a congressman or woman that's not going to approve that child. We want no more child mutilation. Well, I'm against that, sir. I'll have to vote against that. I don't think so. You know what? I'll show you a defeated congressperson if that happens. That shouldn't be too tough. I will direct the relevant agencies to investigate whether big pharma and big hospital systems have illegally marketed puberty blockers and other unapproved hormone treatments. And if so, the corporations responsible will be brought to justice. And using my authorities under Title IX, I will keep men out of women's sports. That's one. I've been on that one for a long time. Everyone said, sir, don't mention it. It's not politically correct. I said, that's okay. What do we do that's politically correct? The biggest things, in many cases, they're not politically correct. But that one, men participating in women's sports. You know, I asked uh, for a couple of little examples. A swimmer from the University of Pennsylvania won the national championship great after setting school records for women's times in the 50-meter free, the 100-meter, 200-meter, 500-meter, 1,000-meter, and 1,650-meter. In New Zealand, the Transgender weightlifter shattered four national records. Ding! To qualify for the women's Olympic team, beating the second place finisher by 42 pounds. That's a lot. You know, when you think that the weightlifting record stood for 18 years and they'd put a quarter of an ounce here and a quarter of an ounce at the end of the bar, and they'd go in there and they'd lift. This guy comes along. Ding! Have you lifted before? No, not really. <laughs> not really, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's so demeaning to women. It's such a horrible thing. A track runner became the national champion in 400-meter hurdles while claiming there was absolutely no advantage to being trans. And this was a runner that only ran 
a little bit. In Canada, a 37-year-old cyclist set a world record in the woman's sprint, despite the fact that she was biologically a male. And uh, the record was massive. There are now dozens, if not hundreds, of transgender athletes competing in the NCAA sports. And it's totally unfair to women. It's very, uh, it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. I actually said that uh, if this stays, and I won't let it stay, I will leave the presidency to become a woman's basketball coach. <laughs> and I'm not a big fan of LeBron James at all, but I would say, LeBron, would you ever think of becoming a woman? I'd like to get you and four of your friends. We only need that because we don't need much of a bench. No, we don't need a bench. But I want to get you and some of your friends, and uh, we want to go for the Olympic goal. Can you imagine that? We would win it quite easily. I'd be the greatest woman's basketball, probably the greatest coach. I would be the greatest coach in history. There'd be no coach like Trump. Coach Trump, you're the greatest that ever lived. Boom. Boom. How about the dunk? Boom. I'm also going to take very aggressive action to finally reclaim our higher education system from the Marxists and the Communist left. These fascists will no longer be allowed to rule the lives of our children and no longer be allowed to take away the authority of their loving parents. They can't do that. That's what they're trying to do, and that's what they're being successful in many cases in doing. As I announced several months ago on day one, I will fire the radical left accreditation groups that have allowed our colleges to become dominated by Marxist maniacs and freaks. They are. They're maniacs. We will then accept applications for new accreditors who will impose real standards on colleges and universities once again. We're going to have real standards, including defending American heritage and Western civilization, protecting free speech, and removing all of the wasteful Marxist DEI bureaucrats who are driving up tuition costs and destroying our students and their minds. And I will not give one penny to any institution that has a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate from kindergarten through college. I think we have something in common more than just our shared belief in education and parents' rights. I see that Moms for Liberty is coming under attack by the left, attack by the corporate media, protest out here in the streets. Now you know how I feel everywhere I go. But I want to congratulate you for that because that is a sign that we are winning this fight. And when I see events like they had in New York City where they're chanting some drag queen, we are coming for your kids, let me tell you something, you start messing with our kids, we've got problems. And I think what we've seen across this country in recent years has awakened the most powerful political force in this country, Mama Bears. And they're ready to roll. And we've done so much on these issues in Florida, and I will do all this uh, as the next president, but I see the issue not just through the lens of a governor 
or a presidential candidate, I see these issues through the lens of a dad, of a six, a five, and a three-year-old. And my wife and I really believe that parents in this country should be able to send their kids to school, should be able to let them watch cartoons, or just be kids without having some agenda shoved down their throat. And this has gone on across this country for far too long. 2024 is the time to put up or shut up. No more excuses about why we can't win against the left. No more excuses about why you didn't do what you said you would do. The time to act is now. And I believe if we do it right, 2024 is going to be the year when the parents across this country finally fight back. Now, it can be done, because I can tell you in Florida, we have shown what winning looks like. We have beat the left on issue after issue after issue, and we were able to deliver the greatest Republican electoral triumph in our state's history in November of 2022. This can happen nationally. We will win these battles all across the nation, uh, and we will make sure that this country, not just the free state of Florida, but the entire United States, stands for the rights of parents and for the well-being of our children. Now, in Florida, we didn't just give lip service to this, because it's very easy to do that. People talk, and then, you know, you never see follow-up. We have enacted a parent's bill of rights in the state of Florida because we understand that the purpose of our school systems are to support the communities, to support students and parents. It is not to supersede the rights of parents. Parents, parents have a fundamental right to direct the education and upbringing of their children, and that means being involved in what is being taught in their school. It also means that every parent in this country should be able to have the wherewithal to send their kid to the school of their choice. We've made that a reality in Florida. We've signed universal education savings account legislation so the money will follow the student and the parent. And you're in a situation where you can make intelligent decisions. And what we've done in Florida has worked because it's not just the private scholarship to go to a private school. Yes, that's important. We have 363,000 students in charter schools. They're public schools. They're just not controlled by the school district. And because we've embraced choice, Florida's school districts now offer record number of choice options within the school district. So if you go to Miami-Dade County, our largest county, it's the top performing urban school district in America. You have the vast majority of students attend a school other than their neighborhood public school that they were zoned for. So that's empowering parents. It's creating healthy competition. And what are the results? As somebody that was born and raised and went to school in Florida, I can tell you this wasn't true when I was a kid. The most recent NAEP results, Florida ranked third and fourth in the country in fourth grade reading and fourth grade math. And that's proof in the pudding. So parents should also, in the public schools, have the right to know what curriculum is being used in their kids' schools. And we, 
We have enacted curriculum transparency in the state of Florida, so parents are able, and, and it's sad that we even have to go this far, because shouldn't parents be involved anyways? Why would you not want the parents in? You know, most teachers will tell you, if the parents engage, the student is going to do better. And sometimes it's harder to reach the students where they don't have interest from the parents at home. The only reason you would not want the parents involved and that you'd want to shut them off from knowing the curriculum is because you're worried that the parents represent an impediment to you using the schools to advance your agenda. That's why they don't want parents in. So we've done the curriculum transfer, and it's sad that, that it comes to this, but in, I, I guarantee you Florida's better than California, New York, all those by country mile. Yet parents in Florida have had to blow the whistle on inappropriate materials in our schools. They have these books like Gender Queer, they have, which has hardcore pornography, talks about pedophilia. You have uh, a book in Florida that was found in one of the school districts instructing middle schoolers how to use sex apps uh, on their phones. So this is totally inappropriate. And so parents blow the whistle, and obviously no one defends this stuff, and so, so it gets removed. Now, the left and the media tries to say that, that that means you're banning books. Well, let me tell you something. In Florida, you can buy any of those books that you want, um, and there's not been a single book that's been banned. Schools, though, have to curate what's in a library or what's in a classroom, and you make decisions about that. You may have one book on George Washington. There's 50 others you could have. That doesn't mean you're banning the other 50. You're making a judgment about what's appropriate. And so to use tax dollars to bring in that type of garbage into our schools is fundamentally wrong, and it has no place. Now, we did an event in Florida, we called it Exposing the Book Ban Hoax. And before I spoke at the press conference, before we had the parents, we had Tia was at this one, we actually played on the screen a three-minute video that showed what the parents had objected to. The news stations covering the press conference cut their feed because he said it was too graphic to air. Well, if it's too graphic for the 6 o'clock news, how is it appropriate for a 10-year-old school child? So we're standing for what's right. We're standing for what's right. We also have met our promises. You know, a lot of Republicans have promised over the years to eliminate Common Core. We did it in the state of Florida during my governorship. We're also rooting out so-called social-emotional learning from our curriculum. And one of the things we've done since we're the third largest state, we've been actively involved in rejecting textbooks that have ideological indoctrination. And unfortunately, you've seen woke in math books, some of these social studies books were totally off their rocker, so we raise the objection, send them back. And guess what happens? Because we're an 800-pound gorilla, they make the appropriate changes to the textbooks. So we're winning on that issue. And that's one of the reasons we've been able to do it, is because we've taken action to be very clear on our standards that, among other things, uh, we do not allow things like critical race theory in our K-12 schools. We're not teaching kids.
to hate our country or to hate each other uh, with your tax dollars. No, we're going to teach true history, and we're going to teach it very, very accurately. We've also leaned in on, and it's sad that we even have to discuss this, but the idea that you would instruct a second grade student that, they, that their gender is a choice or that they were born in the wrong body is wrong. And in Florida, we took a stand against that. We said we're not going to have the sexualization of our children uh, in our schools. And I'll tell you, parents across Florida, regardless of party, they appreciated that. They want their kids focused on math and reading and key subjects. They don't want an agenda imposed, particularly things that are inappropriate for school children like uh, gender ideology. Now, the left didn't like when we did that. The media didn't like when we did that. And there happens to be a company in Central Florida some of you may be familiar with called Disney that didn't like that. And you know, in Florida, Disney, for decades, whatever they've wanted, they've gotten politically. Uh, they've basically ruled the roost. And a lot of people said, well, the fact that they're coming out against this legislation, uh, that means that the governor's not going to be able uh, to sign it into law. There's just no way you can go against Disney uh, and come out on the other side of that. Well, I don't know if that were true in the past, uh, but it isn't true with this governor. We don't subcontract our leadership out to woke corporations. We stand for parents and we stand for kids. And there are a lot of Republicans that are taking the side of Disney and attacking me. Let me just tell you this right now. We oppose the sexualization of children. We will fight and do battle with anybody or any institution that's seeking to rob our children of their innocence. And on those principles, we will never compromise. We've also, we're one of the first states to enact protections for women's sports. And you have, you have a situation where you're on the men's team for three years swimming, and then you switch to the women's team, and somehow you're crowned women's national champion? So as a father of two daughters, I want our girls and women athletes to have opportunities to compete with fairness and with integrity. And that does not allow that to happen when you allow the males to compete in the women's sports. So it's an important issue about making sure we have opportunity. But I'd say even larger than that is when you take someone that swam on the women's, men's team for three years, they switch to women's, and you crown them women's champion, you're asking us to be complicit in a fraud. That is not true. And you got to have society rooted in truth. So don't tell me things like men can get pregnant or any of that. We need to base our society on truth. And that's what we're doing in Florida. We've also enacted protections uh, to protect women athletes from having intrusions into their locker rooms uh, by males. And Florida is the first state, I believe, uh, in legislation I recently signed where we are not allowing teachers uh, to require students to choose pronouns. We're not doing the pronoun Olympics in Florida, and that's just the way it's going to be.
And it's sad that we even have to say this, uh, but we have done, not just through our Board of Medicine, but even now through statute, uh, we have prohibited puberty blockers and operations on gender for minors. It's mutilation. It's wrong. And it has no place in our society. And we need to step up and say this and take action. So it's important, it's important that we fight back on the left on all this stuff. And in Florida, show me somewhere else where we've won on all, on all this stuff consistently. And, um, but it's not enough to just beat them and stop them from taking over. We've got to have a positive vision of what we want things like education to be. So what have we done in Florida? Uh, we've launched an initiative to get American civics back into our schools in a very big way. We need to teach kids about the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. We need to teach them what it means to be an American. And not only have we done more curriculum, we have a bonus program for teachers. We've created a 50-hour course for continuing education. We've got people, scholars from like Hillsdale College and Heritage Foundation that have helped create this so that you actually know how did America come to be? What are the uh, ideas and principles that have formed uh, this republic? Because no matter what our students do, they're going to go into a whole different host of things. Every one of them are going to be citizens of this republic, and we owe it to them and to ourselves to ensure we're not graduating a bunch of listless vessels that have no clue about why people have fought and died for this country. So they are going to get what they need. And we're going to do that nationwide to elevate civics as something that's important in American society. What else have we been for? As much as we're for choice and all this stuff with the scholarships, I want our school districts to do well. I graduated from public school in the state of Florida. So we have done more increases in pay for teachers than in any time in Florida history. But we conditioned the money could only go to teachers, it could not go to bureaucracy, and it could not go to unions. We've also uh, enacted a positive vision for higher education. And you hear a lot of complaints from conservatives and others about the politicization of higher education, the ideology, and yet how many people have actually done anything about it? So in Florida, our view is very simple. Uh, our public university system is supported by taxpayers, uh, and it needs to serve the best interests of the state of Florida. It is not there to impose an ideological agenda on the students. It's not there to foment political activism. It is there for the pursuit of truth. It's there to promote academic rigor. And it's there to prepare our, our, our students to be citizens of this republic. So we're reorienting it into that direction, and we have meat on the bones. Uh, and I, I remember when I was in college, I had never seen some of the leftism you know, that I saw. And I was like, man, this is crazy. But I always told myself, none of this will fly once you get off campus. Once you get into the real world, this stuff doesn't work. And I believed that then. Fast forward uh, now a couple decades, 
Uh, the joke was kind of on people like me who thought this wouldn't get beyond the campus because it's now that ideology has seeped into all these institutions. And so it matters that we get higher education right. In Florida, all tenured professors now must undergo review every five years and can be let go. We saw yesterday the Supreme Court uphold the Constitution and say no racial discrimination in college admissions. And in Florida, that's been our law, so, so we, have, we didn't allow, so it's not going to impact us. We're, we're colorblind admissions. But uh, Florida's the first state to go even further than that. We have eliminated DEI from our public universities. They say. They say it's diversity, um, equity, and inclusion, but the way it's practiced, it's ideology imposed on the institution, and the way it's done in practice, DEI better stands for division, exclusion, and indoctrination, and that has no place in our public institutions. So Florida shows you can not only stand up to the left, you can beat the left, and you can even beat them in institutions that they for decades just assumed was their little playpen where they can do whatever they want. And so you can't cede any ground to these people. They are pursuing a very toxic agenda, a very toxic ideology, and this woke agenda is something that's not just theoretical. If it controls every institution in our society, this country will fail. Uh, we are not going to be able to remain a free society if we're in the clutches of a toxic ideology. And I saw this firsthand. I happened to be out in California recently, and I went into San Francisco. And what did I see there? Within 10 minutes, I saw people defecating on the sidewalk. I saw criminals be able to, to run the street. I saw people using crack and fentanyl right by the Nancy Pelosi Federal Courthouse they were doing this. And that's a result of leftist ideology imposed um, on a city. Yeah, they, they lock down, they, they've let criminals loose, they've imposed this agenda, and the whole society has decayed. And so this stuff matters. And I know some people dismiss the idea that we should be concerned about woke ideology. Some people don't like to talk about it. First of all, just in and of itself, I think is important that we recognize we need to be rooted in truth. Men can't get pregnant, babies aren't born racist. No, none of that is true. And so we're not going to let our society function on false premises. But woke ideology and that agenda affects Americans when it gets captive public policy. Think about our economy. When they do things like ESG, environment, social governance, it's basically just a ruse to impose a leftist agenda on, the, on society the average person will become poorer as a result of that agenda being imposed. The average person will be less free as a result of that agenda being imposed. And oh, by the way, in Florida, you've had, and Tina helped us, when they go with the woke banking to discriminate against conservatives, we've said that that is no longer allowed in Florida. No woke banking, no social credit scores. You treat everybody equally. And we've also said we're not going to accept the imposition of a central bank digital currency in Florida. Watch out for that.
As president, we'll nix that right away on day one, but they want to control all your transactions. Won't happen on my watch. Don't worry about that. When woke ideology overtakes education, our students become dumber as a result of that. When woke ideology overtakes criminal justice, the average citizen becomes less safe as a result of that. And so this is an important fight. And in Florida, we fought the woke all across the board. And as president, uh, I will fight the woke in the corporations. I will fight the woke in the schools. I will fight the woke in the halls of Congress. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. We are going to leave woke ideology in the dustbin of history where it belongs. So our task is simple going forward. We're called upon to preserve what the father of our country called the sacred fire of liberty. Uh, this is a fire that burned right down the street here in 1776 when 56 men pledged their lives, their fortune, and their sacred honor to establish a new nation conceived in liberty. It's a fire that burned at a cemetery not that far from here in this state uh, when the first Republican president pledged this nation to a new birth of freedom. It's a fire that burned in the hearts and the bosoms of people who stormed the beaches of Normandy, defeated the Nazis, and preserved freedom throughout the world. It's a fire, it's a fire that burned at the foot of the Berlin Wall when a resolute president said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. So it's our responsibility to carry this torch. It's not a responsibility we should shirk from. It's a responsibility we should welcome. We're required to stand firm for the truth. We're required to be resolute in defense of our enduring American principles. And above all, we're required to show courage in the face of enemy fire. And you see it for what you're doing, you get attacked you get smeared. Obviously, somebody like me, I, I deal with it when I roll out of bed in the morning, but here's the deal. We are not going to save our country if we are not willing to accept that there's going to be sacrifices, there's going to be arrows that we're going to have to take, and the question is, the people that pledged their lives, their fortune, their sacred honor in 1776 knew that if they didn't win, uh, their heads would have been chopped off. The people that fought for us in World War II knew if they didn't win that struggle, uh, the whole country, the whole world would have descended into tyranny. And they were willing to not only risk their lives, many of them gave their lives. We're not called upon to make sacrifices that grand. We're merely called upon to stand strong uh, against the left and bring this 2024 election to a positive conclusion, but more importantly, be able to actually implement the agenda that we know this country needs. I will get that done, guys. Thank you so much. God bless you all. We appreciate you.